So um, that song was written by my good friend Michael Gott. <sighs> he got to it first. So today we're unpacking the story of the Magi. We are the wise ones. We are the star. Remember when we are looking at anything metaphysically, it helps to, especially in Bible stories, to realize that we are each of those elements. We have within us each of those elements because guess what? We are one. <laughs> and in our humanity, what we want to say is, <laughs> We're the wise men. We are not Herod. <laughs> We're a little all of that. We're a little bit of all of that. So the star, let's start with the star, that one light, that beacon. A star has that meaning across cultures that it's a beacon, and it's something that makes you look up from the mundanity of your life and see something higher. And that's what the star represents in this story. It, it helps us to look beyond the usual, the physical, the normal, into something vast, something that's so big we can't even understand it, something mysterious. And then we are in awe at the mystery. And hopefully, at some point, we get comfortable with living in the mystery because we want to figure it out, but we can't really figure it out. That is the star. That is the star in me. That is the star in you. What is it in you that makes you stop looking at the tedious details of your life and look up and see that there's more going on than we remember when we're just going through our day-to-day -day routine? Because the truth is, there's always more going on. There's always a Christ child being born. Always. In us, around the world. Always. And as often as we can remember that, then we are the wise ones. <laughs> Yeah, so that wisdom um, comes from an inner knowing, from a recognition of a deeper truth. It is something that is, wisdom is something, I, I, you know, the difference between wisdom and knowledge. We talk a lot about knowledge. Education is very important in our society. Knowledge and, and science, which is empirical observation of knowledge with conclusions drawn from that observation. We're really married to that, but that's not all there is. It's beautiful, and it's not all there is. There is this wisdom which comes from an experience, right? You get wise not because somebody tells you something. You get wise because you went through something, because something in you woke you up. It's not just knowledge. It's not about facts, although it may be factual. It's about intuition. It's about tuning into the very deepest part of you, the deepest part of you that is the star, that is connected to all that is and ever was and ever will be. Who Breathe that in for a minute. All that is, all that ever was, and all that ever will be is one with us right now. Not will be, but is is we have that within us. So 
Knowledge is factual, but not in, in, intuitive. It is something that is accumulated, right? Whereas, um, or it's something that it's acquired. You get more, it's a product, and you go out and you get a little more, and you get a little more, and you get a little more, and you acquire it, it's something you get. And that intuition is something that over experience, you accumulate. It's about reaching into what's in there, but it's also about as we're living in these human bodies, most of the time, most of us have to be woken up over and over and over and over again. And sometimes the experience of awakening is not a bright sunshine in our face. <laughs> sometimes the experience of awakening is getting kicked in the back of the knees and falling down. And both ideally are welcome here because whatever brings us to wisdom, whatever brings us to connect to that one light inside us brings faith, peace, love, and joy. And the only real peace and the only real joy comes from that inner place. There are delights of the senses out here. There are times when we feel calm, but inner peace, inner joy comes from that place inside. No one can give it to you. We cultivate it from within. But it, the good news is no one has to give it to you because you already have it. You were born with it. It's yours. It belongs to you. So the wise ones are the ones who looked up at the star, who went, okay, look up from our regular lives. James Taylor has a wonderful song called Look Up From Your Life. Look up from your life. There's so much more going on. That is our wisdom. We are the wise ones. And where did the star come from? It came from the east. Well, across cultures, the east represents beginnings. It represents something new, a new day. A new day, always we can look to the east, and here's a new day coming. And also in that story, both in the song and in the passage from Matthew, they talk about the prophets. You know, it must be in Bethlehem because that's what the prophets said. And you'll see in the Christian Bible or the, what we call the New Testament, often they were referring back to something that happened in the Jewish Bible or what we call the Old Testament sometimes. Um, saying, oh, this has happened just as they told. This has happened just as they told. And sometimes the writing down of it happening just as they told happened, you know, a couple hundred years after <laughs> the, the happening actually happened um, because it was very important to them to feel that continuity. Does that mean that the Messiah was predicted by someone who foresaw the future? Maybe, maybe not, and it doesn't matter. Does it mean it happened in Bethlehem because Isaiah said it would happen in Bethlehem? Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. That is beside the point. I know I could be struck by lightning for saying that. But that is beside the point. So there is this foreshadowing that happens in the Old Testament, which is probably more like reverse engineering from what happened when <laughs> we go back and see, oh yeah, that's what that was. It's like, have you ever like looked at the, one of those television uh, shows about Nostradamus? You can, inter I, that's, that's what he meant. <laughs> he was vague, but this happened, and so that must have been what, it, what was meant. 
So we are the prophets too. We think we know. (laughs) And maybe we do. But when something happens, we often go, I knew it. (laughs) Whether we did or we didn't. And we do that because we're human. We like to make sense of things. We like things to be linear. We like things to make sense. And that's okay as long as we realize that we are engineering the sense of our world because we're not vast enough to comprehend the vastness. And that's really okay with me. It's really okay with me. Okay, and here's the thing. We are Herod. We are. And Herod definitely represents that part of us that is scared to death of anything changing. What? King of the Jews? I am king of the Jews. That's me. So if a king of the Jews is born, that's going to change my whole life, and I'm not okay with that. And I love how it says, and the whole kingdom was upset with him. The whole kingdom was upset with him because they had to be. (laughs) He was that kind of king, right? That's what the ego does. You better fall in line. This is what's, this is, this is what's going to happen. I can come up with all kinds of reasons, but the real reason is I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death. Afraid of change and sneaky and wanting to know about it so that we can control it. <laughs> that's Herod. That's what Herod does. And darn it, that's what I do too. I don't know if you do. I'm guessing a little bit at least. I want to know. I want to know. Why do you want to know? So I can fix it. There's a lot that can't be fixed. There's a lot that I know it and it still doesn't get better. Right? So that's Herod, the ego, afraid of change. That is Herod with knowledge. He's seeking knowledge. Tell me, tell me, tell me, rather than wisdom feeling into what the truth of what's going on here. And willing to do anything to preserve the status quo. I didn't read on in that chapter, but basically his plan was to kill the baby. And when he couldn't find the specific baby, he just killed all the babies, just in case. That's what the ego can do. That's what the ego can do when it's left to run amok. So we are the gifts. We are the gift of gold. Riches. Gold represents our earthly abundance. Gold is a means of exchange in this world, right? It's the most pure means of exchange. It's better than a dollar bill. And yet it is, it's earthly. We dig it out of the earth. We use it. It in itself has no actual value other than what we exchange it for right? That is gold. And yet, this, our wisdom wants us to have prosperity in this earthly life. Because when we are abundant, I tell you, when you're worried about whether you're going to be able to pay your next bills, it's a lot harder to be real spiritual. When we have abundance, abundance doesn't make us happy, but abundance helps our humanness to relax a little bit. So gold is not unimportant, right? It's not dirty. There's nothing wrong with it. It was a gift to the Christ child. It is a gift to the Christ child in you. Now, frankincense. 
is a fragrant resin from a torchwood tree. Um, uh, there was a George Carlin comedy act years ago, and he was like, a gum resin? You brought the baby a gum resin? And babies even chew gum. A gum resin. It was, what we find out when we look factually, is it's very, very hard to manufacture. It helped the processes to find the right tree and to injure it just enough to get it to release its sap and then to harvest it all without killing the tree. <laughs> Frankincense actually pound for pound was much more valuable than gold at the time. And frankincense is what they used to fragrance the air. It represents the air of spirit that we can all, you know, when, when spirit's in the room, when it's present, I mean, it's always present, but when you're among people who know it's present, it's a palpable feeling. It's something you can breathe. It's something you can smell. That's frankincense. It refers to our spiritualized life. There's the earthly life, and then there's the spiritualized life, when we live knowing who we are. And then myrrh, it's also a kind of gum resin. It was used in embalming the dead. That's why that sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying. Once again, we reverse engineer. We know that Jesus died, so myrrh had to represent the fact that he was going to die, right? We got all that in there. That's fine. But it's very good for us to know that in this earthly form, we will die. And that was important to the people who worshipped Jesus as a god, that he was capable of dying. And I think that's the magic of Christianity that makes it different from a lot of other religions. Um, is that there is a character in, in, in Christianity that we can relate to that wasn't born a king. They called him a king, but he was born in a lower room with the animals that didn't grow up rich, that grew up, you know, son of a blue-collar worker, right? That um, experienced pain and loss, he lost his best friend, he wept, he gathered friends around him, he tried to teach them something, they were dense as bricks, just like us. <laughs> he lost his life. All of that happens to us, and that makes it a more relatable um, presence for many, many people. I think that's why Christianity has grown up so strong in all its many forms, some of which are not too pretty, I think. And yet, that's, that's the hub of that, that even the spiritualized life will die an earthly death. You can't get so spiritual that your body hangs around forever. And that's beautiful because the body is not what's important. Ultimately, I mean, it's, it's the only one I got right now. It's a vehicle for my spirit to move around this earthly plane. I'm rather attached to my body. I'm rather attached to your bodies. I'm attached to the people that I get to hug. I want to feel that hug, and it's difficult to feel that when they're gone. We know we have the wisdom that tells us that their spirit is available to us. 
And yet, we have the pain of not being able to get our arms around the body of the person. So we are all that. That represents all the richness of life and the end of life. We are all that. We are ego, fearful of change, wanting to control, trying to outsmart. We are wisdom, not afraid, and wise enough to take a different route than the one that is going to harm us when we're listening to our intuition. They went home by another way. I love that phrase. We are the wise ones. We are the wise ones. We always know. We always know. We don't think we know sometimes. We always know somewhere in here, and we always have the choice to listen to our wisdom, to listen to the star, to look up from our mundane lives, and to follow something that is higher, something that is deeper. We have the light within us. And that is the guiding star that we're called to follow. Thank you. Happy Christmas. So we'll just take that into a short meditation. Just breathe. And as you breathe, take in this thought. I am the star. I am the light in the heavens. I am all the guidance I will ever need. anything outside me can only help point to the truth that is already within me. As that truth is in me, I don't have to acquire it from somewhere else. I only have to pay attention to it. To actually choose it. Can you say that? inside yourselves or out loud either one I am the star I am the light and I am even in my human form wise enough to look for that light follow its guidance, to allow that light within to help me choose love, to help me choose faith, the evidence of things unseen, to help me choose peace. When, I, when my ego wants to go to war. To help me choose love when it seems like what's coming at me is anything but love. The love within me is greater than all of that. Breathe that in. 
breathe into that love and let it grow within you and believe that the love within you is greater than anything else. It is the truth of who you are. And so this Christmas, with all the busyness that goes on, we can vow in this moment to take a moment each day to look up up from the shopping and the baking and the cursing and know that we are genuinely celebrating something that is real and true and bright and within us and let that be our Christmas celebration and so it is Amen.